What's up, everybody, and welcome to Babylon, the podcast where you are the host. Every week, we drop three recommendations, something you should watch, something you should read, and something you should play. We ask for you to send in your opinions and thoughts to our voicemail over on anchor.fm slash checkpoint-church for a chance for it to be featured on the show. Folks, this week, we do not have any voicemail, so this is going to be another echo, echo, chamber, chamber, chamber. Let's get into it. Folks, I did just want to say one more thing, because I, I think that uh, uh, here's the thing about this show, right? It's it's a tricky thing. I really want to get people involved. I want this to be a community thing, but I also get that we're starting from scratch. So we've got to build some community. So here's the thing also that I know. Um, listeners are going to come. Different people are going to come. We're going to have different people joining in our community at all times. And so I think it's unfair uh, that you're constrained to a week. You can only respond to something within, you know, eight days because I post on Saturday and I'll take the recordings up until Sunday for that week's episode. But I don't think that's fair to you guys because some of you, hey, maybe you're just joining this thing and you're listening to the very first episode and you're like, ah, I really have some thoughts that I want to give you. Well, just send them in, folks. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to tell you. Just send them in. And we're going to start a new segment at the top of the show right after our introduction uh, called Belated On, where we're just going to talk about the belated entries. Uh, so anything that doesn't necessarily... Um, match up with what we're talking about this particular week with recommendations for this episode of Babylon, but maybe it's a past episode. Maybe you just didn't really like the last episode that we had, or uh, maybe you want to talk about a series that we talked about, or maybe you just finished a series that we started at the beginning of this thing. Like maybe you just wrapped up Assassination Classroom and you really want to talk about it. Send those in anyway, because they still might get played and we'll just play them at the beginning of the show rather than as our actual body of the show. Uh, So with that, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know what our recommendations for this week actually are going to be. Uh, The recommendations for this week first... We have Puella Magi Modica Magica, which I almost always misspeak, and I don't know how to say it. But that's something that you could uh, could have watched or should have watched, uh, and I hope you will watch at the end of this show if you haven't. Uh, and then A Man Called Uva is something you should have read. Uh, really, really good. You also could have listened to this one in the audiobook. It's so... We'll talk about it. Don't worry. And then the third one was you should have played Life is Strange. This game has some age on it, so hopefully you've already played this. If you haven't, then you're gonna. You're gonna wanna. And if you aren't gonna wanna, then my job has failed. Because, folks, this is Babylon. This is a show where I convince you that you need to be watching, reading, and playing the things that I am because I am a person of good opinions. Now, before we get into exactly what my thoughts are on these three entries, let's go ahead and throw real quick at the top of the show to our sponsors for the episode for just a moment. Stay with us. All right, folks, welcome back. And let's get into the show and talk about what are my thoughts on these three three, three series, these three things. We're going to start uh, first off with what should you have read? What was something that I recommended that you should read? So up until this point, you know, I've noticed Uh, or maybe you've noticed, I've recommended a lot of manga, I've recommended a lot of comic books, that kind of thing. And so maybe you were under the assumption that, oh, Nathan's only going to recommend fantasy to us. Well, no, Uh, I'm recommending anything and everything that you should read, whether it's whether it's inherently nerdy, or whether it's just helpful for who we are as people. Uh, And I think this book is one of that category. It's just really, really helpful. So first, 
What is this story? What is a man called Uva? Well, I'll just read straight out of the book. What does the book describe itself as? It says, Uva is a curmudgeon, the kind of man who points at people he dislikes as if they were burglars caught outside his bedroom window. He has staunch principles, strict routines, and a short fuse. People call him the bitter neighbor from hell. However, behind the cranky exterior, there's a story and a sadness. So in one November morning, a chatty young couple with two chatty young daughters move in next door and accidentally flatten Uva's mailbox. It is the lead-in to a comical and heartwarming tale of unkempt cats, unexpected friendship, and the ancient art of backing up a U-Haul. All of which will change one cranky old man and a local residents association to their very foundations. So that's the that's the right the cover. If you were to look on in the cover and just read exactly what it is, but I want to tell you what is this book actually? What's actually happening here in this book. So this is a book um, from Frederick Backman. He's written a lot of other books. I've never read any other ones. This is the only one I've read. And I actually didn't even read this one. Uh, I listened to the audiobook of this one. I got it and I started to read the first chapter and I was like, this this would read so well. I've got to try to find an audiobook. And so I had an audible uh, subscription at the time. So hey Audible, if you want to, you know, if you want to sponsor the show, feel free to just let me know. I'd we'd happily accept your sponsorship. Uh, I love Audible, but it's just it got a little too pricey for me. Um, but whenever I had Audible, you know, you get a couple of books for free. For free. You get a couple of books as a part of your subscription. And so uh I listened to this one and I absolutely fell in love. I couldn't stop listening to this book. That doesn't happen to me. I don't know about you. I like podcasts a lot, but audiobooks are another story. I, I can't focus uh, without actually having the book in front of me and like reading the words as they're reading it to me like I'm some kind of kid at nighttime. But this book was not the case. This book reads like butter. I mean, it just, it just happens. It just, you experience it naturally. So as you may have heard, right, there's nothing fantastic about this one. There's nothing uh, supernatural. It's no, it, it's, it's not any kind of inherently nerdy uh, story. However, I think we all need to read it pretty seriously. Uh, not as nerds, but just as human doggone beings. This book, why should you read a story about an old man who's an old curmudgeon who meets these young neighbors and they kind of change his life, you know, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, but regardless, they change it. Why should you read this? Because it is going to do something amazing in you. I want to tell you a little story. So the church that I was at before uh, this appointment, uh, you know, with every church, with every place you go, with every person you meet, every job you have, you always have kind of the stick in the mud. You always have the person that you don't see eye to eye with, the person you don't get along with. They may be perfectly good people, but for some reason, the two of you just don't see eye to eye. Uh, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just completely different than you, or maybe they look completely different than you, or maybe they talk different than you, or maybe they're a different age than you, or maybe they're uh, a different background than you, or maybe they think differently than you. And so you have this person in your life that you just feel indelibly divided by. You can't possibly see eye to eye with them. Well, that is where I was whenever I started reading this book. I had someone in my life that I just couldn't, who boy, see eye to eye. I just could not appreciate them as human beings. I thought that they were just, you know, hardly worthy of the name, right? And that's a harsh thing uh, for you personally, right? That's a hard thing for me personally to deal with uh, having these kind of negative feelings towards another person. 
And so I, I, you know, started doing some research and I was like, what, what can help me out of this funk? What can help me get over this grumpiness that I have towards another human being, towards another uh, wonderful and beautiful creation, someone that is wonderfully made. And I wasn't having those kind of thoughts about them in the slightest. I was thinking that maybe they shouldn't have been made uh, or maybe that they weren't made wonderful at all. Maybe something, you know, maybe God slipped a little bit while he was making them right there. There's this. Uh, misassociation that happens in the mind that's just unhealthy. So I started looking up books that I should read, and I stumbled upon a man called Uva. And right from the get-go, they... <sighs> Frederick does such a good job from the beginning of this book, from the very first uh, experience that we have with Uva, of you will have an image of who Uva is clear as day. There is no doubt in your mind, you know in Uva... You don't like the uva in your life, and it's going to stick out. You're going to be able to picture and personify and know exactly who Frederick is describing. And it just so happened that that also perfectly described the person that I was not getting along with. By the end of this story, it reminds you as the reader and as the human being that everyone, even uva, has a background. Everyone, even uva, has a heart. Everyone, even Uva, is worthy of something, is worthy of a second opinion, is worthy of a second glance. Uva is not a likable character. Uva's not necessarily a good person. But by the end of the story, regardless of Uva's uh, values or morality, I guarantee you, you as the reader, you as the person are going to be looking at him in a completely different light. Uh, Frederick Bachman does such a good job at just presenting Uva in a way that's such a bad light and then has such a complete twist by the end. I would highly recommend this, especially if you're needing some faith in humanity restored. And I think, uh, you know, this is just me going out on a limb here. I'm on Facebook. And if you're on Facebook too, then you probably know that everyone, and I do mean everyone, could have a little bit more faith in each other. Uh, we are more othered than ever, right? So this would be the time to take some time to be intentional, read this book, listen to this book, whatever you want to do with this book, take in this information and try to apply it to your life and think, hey, I am don't have faith in humanity right now. I don't like people right now. I'm finding in my life that I can't get over resentment that I have towards another person or towards another group of people. I get it. I've been there. This book helped me. Could not recommend it any higher. Here's, but, but you know what? I will. I will recommend it higher because I learned just today that the audiobook actually received a revamp last year. And guess who reads it? <laughs> J.K. Simmons, come on! If it couldn't get any better, now you get a book read to you by J.K. himself? You guys, get after a man called Uva. It's so stinking good. I don't know how much it is. If you're if you're an Audible member, then you could use one of your keys or whatever, one of your credits for September. Go ahead, get this book, and start listening to it. If you're not listening to it, you're making a mistake. This book is Excellent. I highly recommend it. If that didn't sell you on it, I don't know what I can do. 
please read it. Maybe you have, maybe you think I'm Uva. <laughs> in, in which case, please read it so you can think better of me and listen to my opinions. Because you really, really need to check out A Man Called Uva. That's my first thought, my first book, my recommendation. What should you read or listen to your audiobook? Please, 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 if you have anyone in your life that you don't absolutely love, read A Man Called Uva and see if it can help you get closer to them. Or at least closer to understanding them. So now, what's our second recommendation? Uh, this is a hard, uh, you know, catch twenty two here because both of these series are something that is really important to me that I would highly recommend. But I'm going to start out with first. My second thought uh, is going to be for Puella Magi Matica Magica, which is much easier to say if it's just Matica Magica, right? That's we're going to all agree that it's just much easier to say Matica Magica. So we're going to say that. Um, this is an anime just an anime. It started out as an anime. Uh, it's now been adapted and series have been branched off of it because it got so ridiculously popular. There's manga, there's, you know, stories, there's light novels, there's video games, th there's everything. But it originally started out as an anime project by a group called Magica Quartet, which is first off something I think is really cool. This is an artist collective uh, consisting of, and I'm going to butcher these names. There was a, a director, Akiyuki Shimbo, uh, a screenwriter, Jen Urobuchi, character designer, Umeyaoki, Ume and producer, Atsuhiro Ikigam. Iwakam. 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 Either one. Uh, and these four, this producer, screenwriter, character designer, and director, got together and were like, hey, let's make something awesome. And guess what? They did. It's so stinking good. Uh, Plus, hey, here's the first here's the first one, right? You're supporting the arts because you're not only supporting just one creator, you're supporting a collective of creators. That's always great. You're giving you're giving even more people a boost up. So support the arts times four. Yes, yes, support the arts. First off, let's talk. What is this story? Before we say why should you read it, you need to know what is it. By the way, I'm seeing also that I have a typo. It's Atsuhiro Iwakami, not Iwakam. The I got taken off. I, I was about to say, I have seen a lot of Japanese names in my life. I've never seen uh, one end in an M. <laughs> Maybe I have, but uh, not very often do they end in an M. They normally end in a vowel. So that was strange. But now I know it's Iwakami. That makes much more sense. Anyway, what is this story? What is it about? So first off, I want to be totally clear with everyone that's listening, with everyone that has, you know, your man card and you're holding it in front of my face and you're like, oh, no, you know, I can't, I, I know what this is about. I'm not going to be, you know, hush, okay? Hush. Yes. I know this is an anime about magical girls, but don't you try and lie to me like your your heart doesn't warm and swell 10 sizes bigger than it was every single time you think back on Sailor Moon or Cardcaptor Sakura, right? Okay, D don't even, don't even act like those aren't so incredibly important. Magical girl anime, magical girl stories, boy girl doesn't matter. Don't you try and pretend like those shows aren't important to you. They don't have somewhere in your history. I love the magical girl stories. So whenever I heard about this anime that was breaking the bank, that was absolutely exploding, and it was a new magical girl anime, I was like, yeah, let's get into it. I I would love to try a new magical girl anime. I've not watched magical girls since Cardcaptor Sakura, so why not try it? So I did. And let me go and tell you guys, uh, whoo, whoo boy. Yeah, this story 
is not what you're expecting. I want you to go ahead and take what you know about Magical Girls. Go ahead and take your expectations. Everything that you think a Magical Girls story is about. I want you to go ahead and throw that. Just throw it in the trash can. Just take that understanding of cute characters and chibi and uh, adorable, you know, storylines and romance. And uh, take all that. Take all that. Put it in the dumpster, light it on fire. Because this is not this story. Madoka Magica exists purely to defy your expectations. It starts out as this story that we know so well, right? There's this girl. She's a middle school student, Madoka Kaname. And uh, she meets this little adorable cat-like creature named Kyube. And Kyube is this little, like, it's hard to describe. He's just cute. Just a cute little kitty cat with big old ears. He looks kind of like um, Ter- Terriermon from Digimon. And Kyube says, I will offer you a contract. I will make you into a magical girl. I'll give you anything you wish. One free wish. In return you will fight witches. You'll save the world. You'll become a magical girl. You'll get to fight the bad guys. You'll get to fight the witches and be, uh, you'll get a wish and you'll get to be a magical girl. Sounds like a win-win, right? You get to be a hero and you get a wish. I mean, there's it's, it's a win-win. Nevertheless, Monica has some trouble. She's having some trouble figuring this out. And so... Uh, she ends up going to uh, meet with some other magical girls. There's an upper class named Mommy. And Mommy uh, shows them the ropes. And let's just say that this show does not waste any time because it only has 12 episodes in that first season. It does not waste any time letting you know that this series is not what you think it is. Because if you're expecting magical girls who just get knocked down and get right back up, or, uh, you know, cute little moments between these characters, uh, uh, go ahead and, like I said, that should already be in the dumpster on fire. But if it isn't in the dumpster on fire, you're going to you need to throw it away. Because Monica is going to realize bit by bit, over and over again, she's going to have thrown in her face that magical girl might sound cute, but it is a life filled with danger. It is a life filled with anguish. It is a life filled with suffering. It is a life filled with real life, harsh death of actual children. Okay, that is dark and it only gets darker through these friends that uh, Monica makes throughout the story. Um, she has a couple of different friends that she, you know, gets close with and they all are trying to figure out exactly what is going on. Um, what is the deal with magical girls? What are the deal with these cube? There's more than just one cube. Now we know that there's a bunch of them and they all seem to be recruiting these magical girls. Why are they recruiting magical girls? Why do they get to give wishes? Why are they here? What do they want? Um, it is going to answer all of those questions and it is going to absolutely flip your understanding of magical girls right on its head because it's not going to live up to any of your expectations. This is like the undertale of anime, okay? It's like it, it it's putting on the skin of something and saying, here is what we are. And then it's going to say, oh, actually, we're something completely different. We're so much darker than that. We're so, so dark. Uh, here's, here's, here's a case in point right here. If you go to the wiki, don't read the plot cause you'll spoil way too much for yourself so that I'm already trying my best not to spoil. Um, if you go and look at the genre, 
I'll do it for you. Don't even worry about going to the wiki. If you go to the wiki and you look at the genre, here are the three genres. Ready? Number one, magical girl. Got it. Easy. You know what that is. Number two, dark fantasy. All right. You know, that took a turn, right? We weren't expecting dark fantasy to go with magical girl, but hey, Lord of the Rings could be considered a dark fantasy, you know, depending on. Uh, so yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, third genre is a psychological thriller. <clears throat> we. It, is it just me? Was I the only one not expecting a magical girl anime that also is dark fantasy that also, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know, could be a psychological thriller. I'm sorry. If that's what you were expecting with magical girl, then you need to let me know your top 10 list because I want to follow your series because clearly you have better taste than me if that's what you're finding. Folks, all I can do with this one is say you got to give it time. If you are willing to put aside your manliness, if you're willing to put aside uh, your, you know, I'm an adult, you know, whether whether or not you're a man or a woman doesn't matter. If you think that you're too adult for a kid's show, like a magical girl show, let me go ahead and tell you the, the rating of this show, I think it's immature, but it should be adults only because it gets real dark. You know, it's, 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 it's good. It's really good. Let me put it this way. If you think that the smartest show on television is Rick and Morty, right? And Rick and Morty has its smart moments. It's very well done. Uh, you know, Dan Harmon is a very creative writer. I will say that this takes the epic storyline, the unexpected plot twists of Rick and Morty, and puts them uh, way, 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 way down on the ground. It just takes that series and just stomps on it. Because this one's like, oh, you want dark? Oh, you want twists and turns? Oh, you want your expectations to be defied? Uh hold my drink. You know what I'm saying? It's like this, we're about to blow your mind. Just give it time. Set aside your, your pride. Say that it's okay that you're watching a magical girl anime and realize that you're not ready for what this is about to throw at you. Now I will say, so I have read many of the knockoffs, uh, many of not the knockoffs, that's the wrong word, many of the spinoffs and none of them have grabbed me, uh, which is unfortunate, but they haven't. Uh, I don't know if it's just because they were trying to do something different or trying to make something a little bit less dark or use, they all use the same characters and there's just nothing. Like after I was done with this series, I couldn't go and watch something else. I couldn't possibly go and watch something else because this story leaves you with a pit in your stomach. But also, uh, uh, you've been on such an epic adventure with Monica that you can't possibly go watch her be cute with her friends now. Like, that's not going to happen. Uh, this, this story is going to set these characters up in your head uh, with something pretty dire. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what more I can do. I can't recommend it any higher. I really want you guys to watch this anime, to go check it out. It's quick. It's short. Uh, I think it's it's probably on Verve. It might be on Funimation. I can't remember which one it's on. Uh, but this one is so good. Please. Please watch it and let me know your thoughts. Let me know that I'm not crazy for loving this anime. I, I do not want to feel like I'm the only one that understands how deep this thing is and how good it is. And I'm, I'm not so simple. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm a very simple person that this, that this anime I think is so impressive. Um, but it is, it's good. I really enjoy it. And I think you'll enjoy it too. Um, this, it, it's, this one is really adults only. I don't know if I put that on the list, but this is parental guidance. Highly highly suggested uh, because this it it's just it defies right I think I've said that a million times 
Get ready for something that blows your mind, folks. Before that, we're going to go for one more quick ad break, and then we're going to get on my final thoughts for our last big epic thing. So don't leave us. Come right back. We'll be right back in a minute. Hey, you like podcasts? I, I just assume you do because you're listening to one right now. But did you know we have others here on Checkpoint Church, the hub? Uh, yeah, we do. We have another podcast called Chatpoint. Chatpoint is the epic podcast that we do live on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church Thursdays at noon. If you want to get your QA'd, then be sure to get there, get on the chat and let us know what you think. We pick a different topic every single week and we take questions in the latter half. If you want to be a part of that podcast live, be sure to join us twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church Thursdays at noon. Come and get chatty with us. All right, folks, welcome back. It's time for our final My Thoughts on our third and final entry. The third thing is what should you have played? Life is Strange by Don't Nod Entertainment. If you have not played Life is Strange, I do not know what I can do to convince you. This game is just important. There is a reason that this game is like a household name. If you haven't ever heard of Life is Strange, first off, have you ever heard of video games? Because Life is Strange is everywhere. Uh, it's something that is just almost iconic. Uh, it's something that has become so huge that um, those of us in the narrative gaming world, which is what I would consider myself in, I'm really not an FPS person. Uh, I consider myself a narrative gamer. And Life is Strange, you gotta play it. If you're a narrative gamer, if you like stories, if you like TV shows, if you like movies, if you like being entertained, if you like being enthralled and engaged with a good old classic story, life is strange. It's iconic. It's iconic. It's so good. What is it, first off? Let's start off with what is it. What is Life is Strange? So you start off this story. You're playing a, a young transfer student that went into uh, a new high school. You moved back to your hometown. You went away for years, um, I, think to, I think to Seattle. I think you moved to Seattle for years and you went to middle school and started high school. And then you end up moving back like your senior year of high school. And you play Maxine Caulfield, Max Caulfield. And you're a photographer and you moved back to your hometown. You moved back to this school and you're going to school as a high school senior and you're a part of a, you know, an advanced photography. You're trying to do this thing. I mean, you found out that there were, your, your professor is this incredibly famous photographer. So you move back home to work under this famous photographer. And so you're going to school back in your hometown and it's, it, it starts off like that. Just a slice of life. Uh, you're just a girl. You're just in high school. You're back home. You've lived a different life. You're meeting people again and you learn pretty early on that things are things are strange something's going on you don't know exactly what's going on but something's very weird uh, you take a nap you dream and you're all of a sudden standing in front of this giant lighthouse uh, right outside of your your hometown where you've just moved back to and in this dream you see this lighthouse and there's this storm happening in the background and it starts to rage and rage and become a little bit more intense. And so you manage to go through the brush and through the rain and through the wind, make it to the lighthouse, just as you see that there's an even bigger storm behind this storm. And you just know that everything is going to be destroyed. This town is going to be wiped off the map. You wake up. The dream was so real. It was visceral. It was bizarre how real it was. So you ask to be excused, you go to the bathroom, and when you go to the bathroom, you go and you try to brush off your face, uh, and you end up hearing somebody slam through the door while while you're 
back there and you hide behind the stall because they don't know you're in the bathroom. And it turns out is this girl and guy, they're having an, a disagreement, a pretty big, uh, raucous fight. And one thing leads to another. The guy is pinning down the girl and he ends up brandishing a weapon, a gun and shoots the girl. Okay. You panic, but just as soon as you panic, you wake up from your dream, the lighthouse dream. You're back in your classroom. You ask to be excused to go to the bathroom because you've just witnessed a, a death in the bathroom. And so you get up from the table again and you, you, you go to the bathroom and you wash off your face and all of a sudden uh, the door opens and you hide behind a stall and there's two people that bust into the room, a guy and a girl, and they're fighting and the guy brandishes a gun and, and he's about to shoot the girl and you scream and you change things. Suddenly, the butterfly effect. Things have changed indefinitely. You get to meet all these characters. You get to discover what exactly is the purpose of this mystery. What is happening? You know that there's this girl that's gone missing. There are people in this town that are hiding things. There are strange things going on. Whew. The butterfly effect is full. That is what this story is. Trying to figure out and solve the mystery. You have the ability to turn back time and to change things with butterfly effects. You can be able to redo things, try things again, make things go a different way. Uh, you get to make decisions and choices. You get to fall in love or not fall in love. You get to save this town or not save this town. Everything is important. And that's a story. That's a great story just from the get-go. I don't know what I can do other than tell you what is this story and why should you be watching it. I just told you what it is. That's why you should be playing this game because of what it is. It's just important. Uh, it is something so incredibly important to the gaming sphere, so incredibly important to the narrative gaming world. Uh, it plays with the, the the themes of choice so greatly. It has a great tree, uh, great decision-making. It puts some really hard choices in your light. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. It's a story that you need to experience. It's a quick journey, relatively. Uh, you know, it's it's broken up into five episodes. Each episode can take you up to four hours, but certainly doesn't have to. You could probably finish this game all in all in 20 hours, um, but you could probably do it quicker, more like 15 if you really uh, trucked through it. But if you really want to experience this game, if you want to experience this journey, uh, you know, you could be spending way over 20 hours in this world and learning all these things and reading all these signs and talking to all these people and really learning everything that's going on. I foresee this game being a game that we play, uh, on Checkpoint Church. This will probably be a game that we work our way through because I think it's so incredibly important. And so I'm sure we'll end up playing it together. But if you've not played it, if you want to play it, if you don't plan on joining us whenever we play through it, folks, you got to play this game. It always goes on sale. Pretty much every time it goes on sale, I post it um, because I just want people to experience it and to experience what this game is and how good it is and how good the storytelling is. If you're not a gamer, this is the game I would recommend. This is the game I would point you towards because it's not really uh, a gamer's game. It's not something where you're, you know, super gamified or you're trying to, you know, do anything that typically happens in video games. It's a story. It's an interactive story. It's a narrative game. It's truly just something you're experiencing uh, and making decisions that greatly impact everything.
It's one of those games uh, that really plays on that trope where, you know, you say something and then up in the top left corner, uh, kind of telltale style, it'll say, you know, such and such will remember that. This is that kind of game. And it's so incredibly important. Another reason why should you play this? This is a selfish reason. But guys, if you've not heard the soundtrack from Life is Strange, you are missing out on some of the best indie music in the world. It is so stinking good. The music is fun. It's interesting. It's intriguing. It's engaging. It deepens the story. It makes all of the characters feel so much more impactful. All of the decisions mean so much more. It's just stinking good. I, I I don't know what I can do to try and convince you any further that this game is worthy of your attention. You've got to play this game. And I think what makes it even more important and what makes it even more uh, impactful uh, is that it really plays with the idea of b- being better. Uh, you know, if there's one thing that we all probably wish for in our lives, it's the opportunity to try again. It's the opportunity to hit the rewind button. And whenever we make a mistake, whenever we hurt someone's feelings, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could just hit rewind and try again? I'm sure that most of us off of our gut would say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I've made some pretty big mistakes. I've I've messed things up pretty bad in my life before, and it sounds really good to just be able to start over or really good just to be able to do that again because that didn't go how I wanted. And, and that's exactly... Uh, the theme that this game is playing with, is that really the answer? Uh, is it worth it to go back and try and change something? What if you change something and it makes it worse? What if you change something and it turns out that you probably should have stuck with the original one? What if you what if you change something and you change someone's life forever? What if you change something and it ends up hurting someone or worse yet, killing someone? Do you wear the guilt of that change? The theme of the butterfly effect is nothing new, right? It's something that we've been playing with for years and years and years, and people have been writing about and working through, but I just think this game does it so well with something we're all familiar with. Who's ever fallen in love? Who's ever gone to high school? Who's ever had awkward first moments? Who's ever had these experiences of growing up and going through things and family drama? And and we all deal with these challenges and these struggles. And so this says, all right, we're going to take that that's so familiar and we're going to twist it. We're going to mess it up big time by throwing in these fantastic elements of time travel and time control. And then these relatable characters, these relatable stories become something that we've never possibly experienced in our lives, but it feels so real because of what it presents. It's almost as if it could be real because it feels so real because we've lived these moments, we've experienced these things. But at the same time, we know it's a video game. So it, it truly succeeds at one of our hot button topics that we have with video games. It, it is a suspension of disbelief if there ever was one. It takes your expectation and it says, all right, here's something normal. Here's something you know. Here's a life you've lived. And what if in that life, this happened? And it makes you believe it. Uh, I can honestly say personally, I've never related with a character quite as deeply as Maxine Caulfield. I think that she's she's something else. You know, the way that she walks through life, the things that she asks herself, the, the questions that she presents... Um, maybe it's just me and maybe we just get along or maybe don't not has done such a good job with this that 
everyone relates to Max. That she's truly just the every person. Um, she's someone that you play her as you would, and so she becomes you. I don't know. I've not looked into the uh, the game design quite that drastically. Maybe it was just a you know coincidence and a freak of nature that it would just so happen that me and Max do see eye to eye so well. I can't say. Uh, it's it's hard for me to try and put words to that. All I know is that I really experienced something through Max. I really felt for Max, and I really felt like I was Max. I mean, it was truly an out-of-body, uh, you know, not so much escapism, but but truly uh, empathetic. I mean, not I wasn't sympathizing with Max's situation. I was empathizing in the truest sense that I felt like I was really making those decisions. I was worried about how someone would feel about me. I was worried about how things would go. I was worried for my life. I was. I, it brought out true cathartic empathy in me playing through the life of somebody that I am not, right? I am not a high school girl. And so I can't possibly relate. But somehow I was able to not only relate, I was able to live vicariously. And that in and of itself is something incredibly important. And I think that here's the thing. Here's the thing about this game. Here's why I think it's so important um, for us as Christian people, you know, or, or if you're not a Christian, I think this is something that's important for you to consider uh, about games in general, is that I think it's an opportunity for us to practice being better, for us to practice being a different person, uh, for us to practice living into scenarios that are so outlandish that we can't possibly experience them on a daily basis. But the opportunity to get to live and to get to see the eyes through someone else, I mean, that, that's truthfully that's biblical. Um, we might even could say it's it's parabolic. It's 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 truly what Jesus was trying to do with his parables, um, trying to say, hey, here's here's this that you're living. Here's this life that you're living. You're the field worker. You're someone who works in this you know career. You're someone that uh, is a fisherman. You're someone that does these things. That's what Jesus did. He said, you work these jobs. Now let me tell you how those jobs relate to your relationship with God. So he says, here's this story. Here's you. Now let me put you into these shoes. That's narrative gaming. That's what Jesus was doing. In a sense, the parables are narrative gaming. Uh, They're an opportunity for people to see through the eyes of another that feel familiar, but the scenario that they play within isn't real. It's fantastic. It's something that we can't possibly actually have happen to us. I mean, that's that in and of itself is something that we should be realizing as as Christians, especially as Christian game developers, if you're out there listening to this podcast, Christian game developers, you need to play Life is Strange if you haven't yet, because there's a reason why Christian games get a bad rap. And I think it's because none of us can play through the eyes of a disciple in, in the old sense, you know, I, I saw there was a game, what is it, where you get to be Jesus and you get to experience his miracles. That's never going to do anything. Uh, well, I, you know, I shouldn't say never, shouldn't say never. There are other kinds of games that are very successful. But if you really want to get somebody in the headspace of understanding a relationship with Christ, if you really want to get somebody in that headspace, we need to learn something from what Jesus did and apply it to our methods, our methodology that we have today. And we need to say, hey, maybe it doesn't have to be about a disciple because none of us are actually fishermen. Uh, maybe you are. I don't know. I don't speak for you. But none of us actually live in this, right? This 
this early, early first century Jerusalem, Palestine. We don't, we don't live there. We don't live that life. We don't experience life that way. And so playing a game where we play that character, okay, that's all fun and good, but you're not actually going to experience that. You're not actually going to have any kind of cathartic empathy with that character. Okay. Put it today. Make us where we are. You know, personally, if I found a game uh, just like Life is Strange, where it put me in the shoes of somewhere I've been before. Uh, you know, maybe being the the odd kid out doesn't have to be a Christian kid. You know, it can play around with those themes without being so blatantly obvious. But if you put somebody in their shoes, if you experience something, if you tap into something that I've personally experienced and you let me relate to that character and then you put that character in a fantastic situation with the purpose of molding and helping me understand how I would react in certain situations so that I can improve and be a better person. Hello, come on. That's, that's parables. That's growth. That's what game development should be. In my humble opinion, if you're going to tell a narrative game in a Christian way, if you're going to try and be a Christian game developer, if you're going to try to tell a story like this, try to experience a story like this, this is what we need to be doing. And so even though this story might not be inherently Christian, in fact, I would argue it probably is not at all, uh, moralistically, this game's important. If you're a part of Checkpoint Church, or if you want to be a part of a church, or even if you don't want to be a part of a church, you don't have any interest in getting to know God better, I would just encourage you to play this game to play around with the idea of morality, of being a good person, and of answering hard questions. Uh, that's that's important. That's something that you have to do. Uh, well, you don't have to do it. I think that's exactly the point. You don't have to do it. It's something that you should do, because it'll make you better. It'll improve who you are. Our third rule right here at, at Checkpoint Church is to strive to grow. And this game succeeds in that in spades. If you want to strive to grow, if you want to grow, if you want to be a better person, I highly recommend Life is Strange. It's going to be a great step. Life is Strange 2, Life is Strange Before the Storm. They just came out with a new game, Tell Me Why. I can't weigh in on that yet. But these narrative games are important. They've made an impact, and there's plenty of them now. But this, I would kind of consider paved the way for a whole lot of those games. I think these this, this game and Telltale games really paved the way for moral-based decision-making in games. And I think that they... I like Telltale just fine. <laughs> but I think Life is Strange does the best job. Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the character. Maybe it's just coincidence. But please, tell me you'll consider playing Life is Strange. If you won't consider playing it, uh, don't worry. If you're a part of Checkpoint Church, if you want to keep up with us, probably once we finish Undertale, I'm highly considering Life is Strange being our next game playthrough. So you might get to experience it anyway. So it's a win-win-win. It's all good for everybody. With that, folks, we're going to move in to our next segment of the show, which is next week's recommendations. What am I recommending? What are we going to be talking about next Monday, uh, which is actually going to be Tuesday uh, for you guys, but I'm going to be talking about it on Monday. So what are we talking about next Tuesday, September 8th? We're going to be talking about three things. What should you be watching? Avatar The Last Airbender, which is now on Netflix. Uh, what should you be reading? It's a manga called Black Cat. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, you'll find out why. And what should you be playing? If you've never played them before, come on. They just got a remaster on the Switch. Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. 
Uh, just one of my favorite series that I had to at least recommend uh, at some point here. So be sure to send in your thoughts on those three things um, by this Sunday, the 6th of September. Remember that we do have Belated On at the beginning of every show. So regardless of when you send this in, you can talk about anything we've talked about ever on this show. Send that in whenever you get it done, whenever you get it ready to anchor.fm slash Checkpoint Church. Make sure to send them to us so that they can get played on the show, whether they get played at the beginning on Belated On or whether they get played as an actual part of the show for Babylon. With that, folks, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Thank you so much for listening and joining in on this discussion. Uh, Again, please be sure to let us know your thoughts by sending them into our voicemail or by sending them into our DMs. That's also perfectly fine. You can just do a voice message. Be sure to subscribe to Checkpoint Church on your favorite podcast provider for more podcast goodness and other shows that we put on. We also love it, of course, when you give us a five-star rating specifically. Please, it really helps out the show. Until next time, folks, know that God loves you. I love you. You matter. Bye-bye. Yeah.